Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Sara Goretti of the Goretti Winery in Umbria. In fact, you have two wineries, don't you? Yeah, correct. Let's go step by step, one by one. Let's start with the one in Montefalco. Mm-hmm. So what's that actually called? It's called the Fattoria Le Mura Saracene. And the winery is called like that because uh, we have a little uh, a little wall coming from the period of Saracens. When so was that? Saracens wall. When were the Saracens around? Saracens were after the Etruscan Romans there were the Saracens so very antique population moving by horses in the little mountains the little actually sweet hills of Montefalco where we are located in Pietra Uta actually is that what it's called? yeah that's the little, uh, little village is it? yeah it's so what's it called? Place. Pietra? Pietra Uta what, what does that mean, Uta? What Uta is means uh, that doesn't have a point, but it's a little bit round, probably because... The uh, stone, you mean? Yeah, the Pietra stones. Is the stone, yeah? Stones. So is that the, what they were building the, the buildings from? Yeah, correct. Okay, and that was um, the Saracen period? Saracen period. Which is what, uh, that was uh, 1,200 years ago, yes. roughly? Yes, it has been uh, just a while. Okay, so that's the Goretti Winery. So that's in Montefalco. Correct. So let's talk about your um, your vineyards. How how large a winery are you? Yeah, the winery actually it's a medium uh, medium winery considered for the Montefalco size wineries. We are just uh, sixteen uh, hectares by property, and they are completely owned by the family. And uh, we are just across the village, so we are just in front of the village, one of the closest. Common of Montefalco, and then you have Castel Ritaldi and Giano dell'Umbria, and then many others all around. So, so, so which five. village is yours? Sorry, it's a Pietra Uta. Pietra Uta, okay. And and uh, is, is it so? Is it on a hill, Pietra Uta? It is. Yeah, so it's obviously a military it was a military strong point, wasn't it? Yeah. So your vineyards must have very good exposure to the sun, the wind. Perfect. So if you think that we have an east-west exposure, so the the winery was born. Uh, there because we decided so it's not just because uh, it was there since always it was an investment that my father and my uncle decided to have about 20 years ago so what's your father called uh, my father is a stefano and my uncle is gianluca so that's his brother yeah are they still alive yeah they are they are the third generation the the, the man generation and then there is the pink generation with me and my sister julia and now actually is coming pier giorgio but are you pregnant so, at the moment yes you've got a, not very long to go wish you every success with that thank you so just tell me a little bit about how things have changed in Montefalco obviously the Sagrantino the red wine from the Sagrantino grape is seen as a very tannic tough sometimes wine and obviously the trend now is to drink wines that are a little bit smoother tasting how are you how are you styling your wine for the international Mm -hmm. market that's actually a very interesting uh, question because we have two winemakers, Vittorio Fiore and, and Barbara Tamburini, one man and one woman, and the one with more experience, uh, more than 50 years of, uh, of uh, harvest, and the other one is more younger, about 30, 35 years of, uh, of uh, work in the vineyards and in, at the winery. And uh, they actually are our um, enological uh, winemaking experts who work 
works with my uncle together and uh, so we have a part of the family doing always something and then a support of a specialist and uh, a professional uh, support helper and um, actually with them we decided to a very specific uh, table so once the grapes are uh, picked by hand they are bring uh, the winery in little uh, cases and uh, in the these little cases we move these cases the the, the, the all boxes, the grapes yeah. the boxes in uh, the this first uh, first uh, like table a, con- a convert sorting table sorting table and uh, here there are four women selecting the 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 parts and removing any leaves anything uh, you have and then there is a sort of escalator that goes to a machine that separates the um, the fruits to the green part from the stem the stem and then uh, you have another table the certain table the second one it's uh, more actually more precise so you remove everything that was uh, not removed before so, so, at the, so end, the idea is to get clean fruit with no herbaceous no um, you have the perfection at the end of this uh, first step and then as I said the winery was born like a winery so it was not like the other winery we own in Perugia that is a very old uh, and it was before a sort of uh, animals and wine and then we specialize in wine about 35 40 years ago only here we have a high the hair it's uh, all perfect with the humidity everything is controlled by computer so it's very technical very proper so what about the market when you you know a lot about the international markets how how are things changing for Sagrantino mm-hmm. di Montefalco in international markets what's the feedback that you get if we consider about 10 15 years ago when I started uh, to work with my uh, family full-time 100% full-time I think uh, people Sagrantino if they can pronounce the name they will not remember for sometimes they like Montefalco because they get wrong uh, with Montalcino or something similar but for sure they didn't know what it was and now it's uh, getting more well known and people are more interested uh, they are curious to have this very different and very particular very peculiar uh, grape and uh, actually the Sagrantino you will love or you will uh, not understand the grape I think because it's such a tannic grape that or you appreciate the the, the strong strongness the powerful of the, the the grape and the wine of course or you will uh, never understand what you can have in 10 years in 15 years you need to uh, see longer so to see have long a term, yeah. long time so term. when you when you go into the market i mean what are your biggest markets first of all export market uh, it was uh, since always us now we actually are more in uh, the extreme orient asia they we really find a very high hand clientele in uh, japan our first real first market we are working now in Korea, South Korea and uh, China in uh, six uh, little, uh, because China is not a market, they are many different markets all in one, so we work in six markets and what we do for them, for all our uh, clients, we don't want to change what is uh, the Sagrantino, the real full body, strong, intense, the tannins we were talking before, but we have always uh, two years in late release the wine, so you keep longer and you have the wine when it's ready to drink. So when you're going to these markets, is the Sagrantino being drunk on its own or is it being drunk with food? And if it's being drunk with food, which specific foods are, are people drinking it? Of 
course, we can't say always uh, our local food because uh, we have to think a more open mind, more uh, more international thinking. Uh, probably a wild born is not always what they are used to cook. So we give them spicy food, intense, or the powerful, the most intense. So they will pick what they think from their kind of uh, local cuisine. cuisine. So that's interesting because, you know, often we just think that you just said that, you know, if it's a strong red wine, a quite tannic, firm red wine, like a sort of a traditional Bordeaux, for example, Segrantino mm. has a lot of similarities. And you think, yeah, you have it with uh, meat or cheese. And you're saying, actually, no, um, wine critics like me would say, oh, you can't have a very expensive red wine with spicy food. You'll ruin the wine. And what you're saying is, actually, uh, this is the perfect wine for, for this kind of these spicy mm-hmm. dishes in that market. Yeah, I agree. So whatever you are going in South Korea, probably they are going to have a, a soup, a soup with a many different kinds of uh, vegetables and different probably kinds of of meat all around, all in one piece. And that would be great if it's a strong, intense uh, taste. Of course, if you are going to have um, paired the Sagrantino with a Japan food, we usually have just a, a tartare with something, a fish, that is, it's great, like that. I think for their taste, they understand that that's uh, for sure the most intense taste they can have. That's a good match for the Sagrantino. So when you say in Japanese, so the fish there, is it a very um, fatty fish? Is it very yeah. flavored, highly flavored fish? Mm-hmm. Could be even a salmon. Sometimes just a salmon would be a great match, but it has to be grilled probably with uh, some spices on top or not just a uh, uh, rare, but probably a little bit overcooked that helps to make uh, the you know the the skin uh, a softer, little bit softer sweeter yeah sweeter and mm-hmm. then it goes very, very well with the savory nature of the sagrantino so you mentioned china obviously we kind of say oh the chinese market but as you said it's it's actually lots of different markets mm-hmm. what are the differences within china when you travel around where are you going and again what are they eating with uh, with the sagrantino if you are going for example in uh, beijing uh, or in uh, Shanghai, you probably are going to have a very international uh, cuisine. They probably it's uh, very similar to big cities, uh, metropolitan cities, or in uh, in uh, Europe, or probably just a few difference, but uh, also very similar to uh, US. If you are going in Chengdu, or if you are going in uh, and different areas, that they are still uh, not very international. Probably they are going to have with uh, some kind of duck that is uh, not the UK duck that you feel the the you know the crispy taste of the skin but you have an overcooked or sometimes a boiled duck and then put on the oven that they try to make a little bit more roasted outside but it's different but I think it's a good match as well probably sometimes they mix with um, some pickles and uh, I will never suggest pickles because of course there is a uh, the vinegar that doesn't match very well with Sagrantino but for their taste I have seen that they like it so probably a different culture different taste different habits so when you come back to Italy have you tried at home recreating some of these dishes with uh, Sagrantino yes and you know my actually 
my very big uh, dream was uh, a few years ago to have them trying our um, recipes and that's why we wrote uh, a book a recipe book my grandma actually wrote uh, the recipe and I was traveling all over the world and uh, I asked to my friends a chef or sommelier or someone who really is involved in the wine and the food business to support me to make some translations so today we have a, a cooking book of Italian recipes Umbrian actually very local translated in 14 languages a sort of an instrument so all over the world you can travel and say that's your cuisine that's a great match I can suggest with uh, this kind of um, taste uh, my wines but if you are curious or you want to try we can cook together and uh, let's close our eyes and be in uh, South Korea probably try some Italian uh, recipes like uh, our local food yeah it's a great idea because often as, as um, traditional countries maybe France for example obviously Italy traditional wine producing countries people do get very stuck and mm-hmm. say right um, Brunello has to be with uh, wild boar yeah. and what you're saying is actually we should think um, just because the wine is Italian doesn't mean that it can't go with very very varied and very different cuisine if you are not used to have a torta al testo that is a very nice a sort of a prep a little bit thicker that is a cut in half and in the middle it's filled with a, some salami or prosciutto or you can put a, some, some some vegetables but so what's the basic what's the meat there the to- how do you say that again it's a torta al testo that is a sort of a, a big um, piece of bread but it's a kind of dough that you cook in a, a stone you put the stone very close to the fire and when it's a very hot you warm you can uh, work this um, this stone and you obtain a little bit uh, higher because you use yeast not so just it, r- it uh, rises a little bit rise a little bit and you cut in the half in the half and um, in you can have a slice like a pizza and you, you put meat in the middle though meat in the middle uh, so you make the dough prosciutto. and what do you do with the stone do you wrap it around the stone it's no no you don't wrap you just have a sort of pizza pizza okay. base so you make the dough you roll it you put it in the oven mm-hmm it rises a little bit then you slice it yeah right and then we don't make a sandwich you're just putting the meat on the top correct and uh, that's a suggestion but if you are going also sometimes in uh, you don't need to go very far away but in Rome they are not used to have the torta al testo from Umbria they probably will prefer to use with a different kind of bread that is more local. So think when you are in Japan or China or whatever, you probably will not have someone who can cook for you total testo. So probably it's a good suggestion, but if they will are not used to have, why don't try with something that they are used to have and their habits and find the, the, the combination. Okay, so when you travel, obviously you get to eat a lot of different different food with your sagrantina we always yeah. have sagrantina and a lot of different food what is your what is your top dish what is your favorite dish after a long hard day selling wine and you, you're in some a foreign country far away from your family and um what is the what is the dish that you think oh, I, I, i've had this dish many times before but i still love it yeah i think that's a good question <laughs> because it depends wherever you are is very different but sometimes you know in the u.s even with a hamburger just a hamburger you really like to have a very good 
steak or a nice uh, hamburger. Don't think of the, the McDonald's or something. No, a proper burger. Would yeah, a proper. proper meat, yeah. So they really picked the right meat and then they made it all together, sort of a meatball. And then I think it was a really good experience for me because I probably my father will never accept, even if the match uh, works, just uh, seeing the hamburger match with a nice reserve of 2002 Sagrantino di Montefalco used uh, for important dishes here in Italy, probably the, some pigeons uh, made uh, filled with uh, some kind of herbs and then you have an hamburger. Different, different point of view, but same, same result. Okay, so let's talk about, you say you have uh, two wineries. So tell me about the other winery. Actually, the other winery is located at the, in Pila. It's a little village uh, close to Perugia. Perugia city, it's actually a beautiful city thanks to the Etruscan origins and uh, the very well-known uh, Etruscan choco place and the festivity, the jazz festival. Uh, we and are chocolate. very chocolate and uh, jazz and the university of the uh, for, foreign students, yeah. And the winery in Perugia, I mean, how, how did that come into your family? How long has the family owned that? It's from my great-grandfather. What was so, his name? So uh, Gisberto. Gisberto. Uh, Gisberto. That's an interesting name. And uh, today are three the generation active in the business. So if you are coming, probably the first person you are going to meet is Nonna Marcella. That's grandmother Marcella. Yeah. And uh, she will like that you call her grandma. So she will like right. to say, I'm already, she will uh, introduce herself with a Nonna Marcella. So Grandma Marcella. And uh, she is the person in charge to make any kind of activities. But one is very, very popular the winery cooking classes uh, how did I guess uh, they are very... that's where you get your love of food from yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah they are very fun first of all they are fun people come there and they will come back for sure or some friends refer that from uh, from people that already visited because it's not just a tasting you really are involved in the process of cooking if you are not so lucky to be in the harvest time so if you are coming and you can go in the uh, in the vineyards with my, my grandfather, 87 years old, but he is very terrible. So he really likes to walk there with his head going around and say, don't touch, don't eat, you can't use it. Uh, we are going to have a later taste, but now cut in like this or don't push too much when you pick a grape. So he really likes to select the grapes. So for the cooking school there, what are the, I mean, is it the uh, the dishes that are cooked there or being taught there? Are they very traditional Umbrian dishes or is it international? How does that work? So when there is my grandma, the grandma Nonna Marcella, she only cooks local. And right. she so what, say, are the lo- what, are, what are her signature local dishes? Actually, it's a kind of pasta that is called umbricelli. So it's a sort of spaghetti, but rounded with a wall. A hole in, a hole the, in so the... So it's a hollow spaghetti. Hole, hole spaghetti, so a little bit thicker. So how long, how actually long, how long would... So they it's are... 30 centimetres, what, yes. one foot? One foot. So it's quite long, isn't it? It is. But how fine are they? How fine is the hole? It's a very, very little, so very, very little. To make a hole, you have to be very careful. So they're using like a... Prop- I would imagine like a piece of wire, not as wide as a pen or a biro or a no, no, pencil, no. but much, much smaller. Much, than that. much yeah. more. I think like a, you know, the. A needle. Needle. What is a classic sauce for that? That must cook very quickly though. Yes. What, like three minutes? Okay, and then uh, the sauce, a classic sauce for that? So, so it's uh, with meat. We are not vegetarian. Okay, so, so that we. Um, 
Kani machinata. So that would be um, minced meat. So what would it be? Beef, pig? Usually it would be beef, pig, and sometimes also um, goat. Quite nice. So all three mixed together. Yeah. That would be quite sort of sweet tasting. Mm-hmm. And then any any um, tomato with that or spices? Yes, of course. Tomato, it's, uh, it's very, very important. So a little bit, not too much. It has to be a lot of sort of arrabbiata. So slightly rich. spicy with the pepperoncino, yeah? With the yes. um, chili pepper. And what is another signature dish of uh, your grandmother? Another one that is very popular is the lasagna. We really like to cook the lasagna. So is that with cheese or without cheese? With. And you're using which cheese for the cheese part? Usually the cheese part, it's a mozza, mozzarella on top. And in the middle part is a sort of parmesan cheese. That's so it will be easier to be melted and uh, on so, top there is more sort of pieces bigger pieces so in terms of two two, two of the wines that you make if you have to suggest two wines for those dishes mm-hmm. um, what would you choose as a white if you if you only had white wine for each of those two dishes which which white grape would you go for and then if you only had a red wine which would you choose so mm-hmm. I need four wines from you okay uh, that's a big choice because actually we produce a quite a wired uh, range of products but I think uh, first of all I will go with a a Trebbiano and Grechetto blend. That okay, is, so Trebbiano Spolitino. It's a Trebbiano Toscano okay. for us. Okay, so Trebbiano Toscano. Trebbiano and... Toscano and Grechetto. So, or better say Grechetto. But if people prefer to call all over the word, they call the Grechetto. Yeah. But better say when there is a C H, say Grechetto. Pulcinculo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fly in your ass. That's another name for it. Another name. Why um, would you choose that though? Because it's nice and refreshing. Because it's uh, refreshing with a nice, nice acidity, great minerality. It's a quite uh, velvety but not too much it's open the door yeah. a nice texture okay another white wine another white wine will be the 100% cricket okay. that is completely different much more intense powerful white and uh, usually goes well with a white sort of a tomato sauce um, um, pasta so even if the pasta is already a little bit sour and a little bit stronger would be great with a grechetto okay for the reds and for the reds if I have just uh, left two I will say the super umbri and I call like that because it's our la ringa it's a blend of 60% Sangiovese, 30% Merlot, and 10% of Chile Giallo grape. People say cherry grape, but it's a Chile Giallo. And what's it called again? Just give us the name again. L'arringatore. 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 In Italian means uh, someone who speaks a lot. Okay. After drinking this wine, for sure you are going to talk a lot. Okay. And uh, the, the statue of L'arringatore was an Etruscan Roman statue that we found in our vineyards in uh, 1567. And today there is a copy inside of the winery the 12th century castle uh, where the winery is located and the, the tower is actually a very antique place where you have tasting rooms and then upstairs we do wine therapy we do the extraction of polyphenols and people can enjoy not just uh, yeah. on your glass but also on your skin so what how do you how do you make these so what so you talk about you talk about wine therapy what does that mean Wine therapy it's uh, is not a, a real therapy. It's uh, it's actually an elixir of um, nature mixed with uh, cosmetics, and uh, you can have um, skin uh, products and uh, any kind of uh, creams and moisturizer. And then uh, we have a serum uh, to just help to enjoy the relax you had after a good tasting or a cooking glass. So some of these therapies are are based on wine grapes. So how 
how do you make that? Are you using the seeds, the pips? The we skins? do the skins and then uh, we do the extraction of polyphenols. They tell the antioxidant, natural antioxidant of the wine and the wine materials. And we use them for the... So anti-aging cream and things like that. Anti-aging creams. Do you think I need any? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, nice. But in a few years, uh, everybody oh. will use. So I will suggest for you as well. For now, you can uh, still stay with a good glass of Sagrantina. Okay. So basically, you do the whole thing. You've got the cooking school, the therapy, the wine. And we do helicopter tours. Okay. So people can really come at the winery, enjoy the very nice hills and the, just a few minutes, uh, five minutes, there is the Trasimeno Lake. And then uh, they are very well connected for Florence and Rome. We are just right in the middle. So it's uh, sort of by car, one hour and a half, both these cities. Uh, if you're going by helicopter, just a few minutes. But very nice to see the all around the area background. So you um very dynamic family. We are. Do you think that comes from your grandmother? Uh, she's actually the president. She yeah. is uh, still uh, 82 years of a very intense taste. <laughs> And a very powerful uh, character. Yes, yeah, so she sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Very, it's great that you're doing all these um, add-ons to your uh, wine business. In fact, you are the first sales family salesperson that I've heard, um, certainly from Italy, that is very happy to go abroad and and let local people decide what they want to drink with the wine. Rather than say, oh, you must have uh, a traditional Tuscan dish with that. I mean, um, I don't want to be rude about France, but sometimes we have this kind of obsession with our own cuisine. So yeah. listen, we've made the wine in Italy, but when it travels, it should go with local food. And it's of up course. to people to find out. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. I always say that best match, the best pairing, it's your favorite food. So if you have a, your favorite food, I will suggest to taste with our Sagrantino. So the Sagrantino, not just Goretti, of course I will say Goretti because it's my brand my name my family but it's a sort of a, such a unique grape that probably you can compare with a, something similar but not with a, something that you already knew if you didn't have a Sagrantino yet so let's try to have a Sagrantino a glass of wine and try that in a couple of years and you see how much really needs time so it really getting getting better here by here so it would be great to enjoy the Sagrantino today but think about that in the future and see the difference great so Goretti from the Goretti winery, or wineries, I should say. Fascinating to talk to you. I love all this uh, food stuff. I think Thank we might. You. I think we're going to close the Italian wine podcast. And we're going to do the Italian food podcast. Actually, you should be. You'd be the presenter. I think <laughs> you'd be a much better interview than me um, with the food. But uh, very dynamic winery and um, a lot of history as well. You've got these incredibly historic buildings, and um, you've got the history, and you've got a very modern outlook to the mm. to the way that you sell the wine. Well done. It's great. Thank great. you very much. Thank great you. It was you. a very big pleasure for me to be here and. Uh, See you at the winery. See you at Goretti Winery. Yeah, I want to meet your grandmother. Okay, harsh story. Yeah, she I will fa- love you. I fancy someone that lasagna, I really do. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. Grazie. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.